0: And, you know, my dad was saying, oh, it's going to be great. This is your old show from childhood. I did, we did go here until I was about eight years old. So it's nice to be back, you know, where I spent a lot, of, a lot of years. A little building was somewhat different then. It was, you know, a nice cute little house, but still nice to be back. The topic I chose this morning is a very, it's potentially a very broad topic, and that's why we added a subtitle to narrow it. The topic of teaching toward to non-Jews in Halacha has generated a lot of discussion in hal- Halachic literature from Gemara's and Midrashim all the way down to contemporary responsa. And, you know, you'd probably all miss your Thanksgiving dinner if we tried to assess all of that. And so what we're going to do is we're going to focus specifically on the Rambam and the Mi'iri. What I'm going to argue is the two of them sort of represent one school of thought together. So we're really going to be analyzing one approach to this topic. And what fascinates me about this approach is that I believe we see in the Rambam and again in the Meiri people who were very well versed in halachic literature, very oriented towards study of Gemara and halacha, but at the same time also oriented towards philosophy. And the way they dealt with this topic sort of attempted to balance those two orientations of theirs. And as I said, we're going to be staying focused on them, so although you're going to see some Gemara and Midrashim and some responsa, literature in the source packet, that we're basically only going to be looking at them and analyzing them in as much as they affect either your know, earlier sources that the Rambam and Me'iri analyzed, how they viewed those sources, or our later responsa in terms of how they under- interpreted the Rambam and the So I'm already saying in advance, one of the restrictions that means is that we're not going to try to reach a conclusion in terms of the practical psaac. Because it's clear that you know, the Rambam certainly is one major player in, in Sarkhalapa, but so are, for example, the Bali Atosvot, who, you know, we're simply not going to be dealing with them today, but they have an opinion which is clearly different than the Rambam's opinion, and would also, you know, come into play if you were trying to reach a practical, practical conclusion about a particular case. Now, let's get started right away at the outset. The first, the, the most important Talmudic source that clearly stood in front of the Rambam and the Mary when they Went ahead and discussed this topic is the Gemara in Sanhedrin. This section of Sanhedrin, the late 50s into the early 60s, those pages deals with the, collectively, the mitzvot of Ne'enach, all the, you know, seven Noahide laws, as well as the other, there are various other halachas that apply to non-Jews according to at least some opinions in the Gemara. So we have, you know, a few pages of Gemara in which all the laws that how non-Jews are addressed. I'm actually very happy. I just saw Matzah Solomon walk in. So he was my shabbuser in YU, and we studied this. And when I wrote the original article that my shiur today is based on, so nice to see him pop in. Um, so the Gemara over here begins Amarish Lakish: Nachisur Shabbat Chayav Mitas. And Amar Yom Yom A gentile who observes Shabbat is liable to the death penalty. And we're going to see the Raman thinks it doesn't literally mean that he gets the death penalty, but we have this very severe statement against the non-Jew who observes Shabbat. Why? Because the Torah says that they should not rest, they being the day and the night. The simple reading of this pasuk in Harshat Noach is God is promising Noach and his sons that the natural order will never again be disturbed as it was in the Mabl. That the season, all these different seasons, day, night, winter, summer, all these things will, not, will never rest again, meaning they won't be <coughs> halted or upset from their normal, the normal functioning, as happened during the Mavel. But the Gemara is interpreting it differently to say, not Lois will that they will not rest, but sort of a command, they had better not rest, and today, the way the Gemara is interpreting it is non-Jews. He, to, he was speaking to Nahach and his soldiers. Nahach and his children had better not you know, rest on Chavez the way that Jews did. I'm going to skip the whole discussion here that the Gemara has now about how, why this isn't counted as one of the seven of Nahach. But in any event, skip to about four lines here. It says, "V'amar Rabbi Yochanan towards the start of the line. V'amar Rabbi Yochanan, nochi shasak b'Torah hayev mita. Shnei Torah tivah lanu Moshe Morasha. Lanu Morasha ve'lo lahem." So where says studying Torah as well, just like we said about Shabbat, that Andrew can't observe Shabbat, Andrew also cannot study Torah. And here, the at least seems to be a bit more easy to understand in terms of how we're deriving this. If Moshe you know, gave us the Torah, he gave it to us, he didn't give it to them, it's simply not theirs, and so they have no right to be studying it. It's still not necessarily the simplest interpretation of the Pesach, in that I assume the reading of it doesn't sound like it's given a mitzvah. It sounds like it's more giving general praise that Moshe gave us the Torah. But the Gemara is interpreting it in a legal fashion, as you know the Gemara often does in the and Lachamash. So this is not unique to our over here. The Gemara wants to know again, the Talmud Torah, why don't we include this, instead of saying the nine have seven mitzvot, why don't we say they have eight, because they apparently have an eighth one, so not a prohibition against studying Torah. The Gemara says, no, it's already included in one of the other seven. Manz amr Morashah, if I, the opinion, one who would read this Pasuk in the straightforward way the Torah was given to us as a Morashah, as a heritage, so it's our heritage, Migzal kagazile. That means that an non Jew who studied Torah is stealing our heritage, and stealing is already one of the seven misal, seven misal, Manz there is a Medrash on this Pasuk that reads it, you know, the same letter as Morashah, if you move the dot on the shin to make it like a sin, that would be morasa. Betrothed. So there is a magic that says, you know, we're betrothed to the Torah. So if you view it that way, then when an Andrew would take our Torah, not canara It's as if he you know he's he's engaging in adultery. He he and our our betrothed one are, you know, consorting together. So adultery is also one of the one of the And so you know the gemara says somehow we don't have to count this around Sev seven, seven Musnanach. To, wait a minute. Are you so sure though, this whole prohibition exists in the first place? How, how do we know that not, even if a non-Jew studies Torah, he's as, considered as holy as a Kohen Gadol, which would undermine the whole argument of the Gemara until now? Because the Torah says that these are the mitzvah which God gave us, which if... if a person does them, he shall live by them. So, it said a person, right? Kohanim would be Mishraim lo namar. It didn't say the Mitzvot that a Kohen does or a Levi does or Yisrael does. It said Ha'adam. 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 It's telling you that even there's some value. Anandri won't necessarily be keeping all these Mitzvot. He doesn't have to keep kosher or shatnes or plenty of other Mitzvot. But sounds like it would be a very... It's an admirable thing for him to choose to study them. That's why he's as if he's like a Koyangodol, so the Gemara says no. That means if he's so, you know, fired up about the Sheva Mitzvah of off, not only does he abstain from stealing, but he is also taking them. He, you know, studies about why it's bad to steal, studies the parameters of what's considered stealing and what's not considered stealing. That's praiseworthy, but, but no other Mitzvah. <laughs> now, already this Gemara had in mean, some of you may have it as I was reading some of these interpretations do seem a bit forced. And so if we were to be analyzing chazal, we'd have to deal more with that. And the question of is this Gemara the only perspective within Khazal about non Jewish study of Torah? Or the fact that simple reading of Remeya sounded differently, you know is there are there grounds for arguing that maybe even within a chazal there may have been a difference of opinions? But in any event, generally speaking, when you're the Rambam and you come to Kedusha Halacha, the most important source, although not the only one that you're going to use, is going to be the Talmud Bavli. And the Talmud Bavli clearly concludes that the only Torah that Jews allowed or supposed to study is Torah relating to the Shevus of Menachem. And the Gemara says very clearly, if you to do anything more than that, it would be to steal our tradition. That should bind you as the Rambam that you have to pass through that way. And so. And furthermore, I just add, there's a second place in Talmud Bavli, and after that, I'll take your question, where the Gemara also seems to be very adamantly opposed to teaching Torah to Nanjur. She's right in the back. Uh, the Gemara says, mm-hmm. We don't teach sitrei Torah, or sort of deeper secrets of Torah, except for people who have certain special characteristics. I'm going to skip the... the Proof text here because it's a little complicated, and our concern isn't about teaching citriyot torah to unworthy Jews. But skip ahead one line. Rabbi Yami also said, "In torah we don't give over words of Torah to a non-Jew." You know, God didn't mishpatim He didn't inform them. He informed us, and so they're here for us. We're not supposed to get. We're not supposed to share them with outsiders. So, once again, even if you argue that Rabbi Meir, according to his original intent, or certain other midrachon we may see later, might have a different approach, the Babli and Sanhedrin reached the clear conclusion that we don't teach Torah to non-Jews from their perspective. They're not allowed to study it. The here in Chagiga is giving us the flip side. They're not allowed to study it, and we have no business teaching it to them. So, the Tamil Babli's conclusion seems to be very harsh, in the sense, very restrictive, in the sense that Anandu really isn't supposed to be studying Torah, except for the 7th of Adventist. Question. Yes? Yeah. So we need to focus on the verb. It did not say anything about Lomaze or Learn Learning teach are not used. One was busy, or involved, and one was handing over in the sense that I, I have something in my hands, and I hand it over to you, it's like more... Or, uh, good, good. So, some people do. Okay, there's a Shah who actually tries to connect with these I mean, two statements and say even here, he basically meant something along the lines of sitra Torah, that he's talking about handing over you know, the most precious parts of Torah, but it doesn't mean that if you know, your coworker asks you, oh, what does it mean that you keep kosher? You can't explain to him what a few of the rules are, even though kosher does not want to tell him or something they know. So, such a reading could be accepted. And I agree that Rambam may have had a certain amount of wiggle room here, we'll and wants to see what he does with this, but offhand, the overall tone of both Gemara seems to be very restrictive. And I agree that someone who's in a diff- who has a problem with that might be able to maneuver a bit, and I think that's exactly what the Rambam is going to do. That's why I think it's so interesting to take a look at the Rambam here. But I just wanted to say that these are some sort of the ground rules of... What the Rambam has to be dealing with is when he goes out to and the salaha Yes, question. They are not supposed to do it, that the concept of which they either exist uh um, almost if you do Good, good. Okay. So this is actually very relevant because we're gonna see the Rambam now he's not gonna quote this Goran Chagiga anyway. He's not gonna say anywhere that the Hasab in the Ritor He is gonna base this whole psaq on the first Gemara that we did. So the question why he left out the Gemara in Muslim Devot Torah one possibility certain people have argued is maybe he thought it was redundant to quote that Gemara too. Once he said they can't study it, and it's understood in general that you can't make, you can't ever cause another person to do a sin, you can't, you know, feed pork to a Jew, and apparently then you can't, you know, give Devot Torah to a non-Jew, that might explain why he didn't bother quoting in Muslim Devot Torah anywhere in Mishnah Torah. If I want to argue something like what Maharaj did, that there's some special meaning with the type of right here, it could be a, an extra prohibition in certain cases beyond the regular listening. Yeah. Yes. No, okay. Uh, so let's get, have a look at what the Rambam actually does with this. And here we're going to we have to read a little slower, because i you know try to focus on a couple of phrases that particularly jumped out at me, where you see the Rambam adding something that was not obvious from the Gemara. The Rambam says over here, this is number three. That's That direct quote from the Gemara. They have to do only their seven Mitzvot. Again, that's interpreting what the Gemara said at the end, that even every mayor who prays an Andrew studies Torah, he only meant an Andrew studies seven Mitzvot. What else? So to an Andrew who observes... The Sabbath, even if he does it on a weekday, and this is from the Gemara that I didn't bother to read inside, the Gemara says even if a guy decides that he's going to keep the equivalent of a Jewish Sabbath, he's, he's a you know second day Adventist. He does it on Monday, so it's still called of Shabbat. He still observes Shabbat just on the wrong day. Um, as long as he does not like like the way we keep Shabbat, i me down. the all the more so, I and mean, this has not have been so clear from the Gemara. All the more so if you made a yantif. Like Thanksgiving. Ah, this is, that, that wasn't what I wanted to connect it here. I have seen a couple of chuvots that raise that possibility. The question is, is that, I mean, it's very bizarre here. He doesn't tell you, you know, Moed, they have to keep their Moed like we keep Yom Tov. Or what if they just, what if Thanksgiving? They just say we have a national holiday, but it's not a, a Moed. Again, what do you mean in Why is that obvious? That's the Gemara didn't say. The first couple of lines the Gemara said. He's adding something that was not in the Gemara. But he's like, well, you know, it's just obvious. So, it's obvious no matter what he says now. shadavar. What's the general principle we see from these two prohibitions? You can't teach them Torah. They can't learn Torah. They can't keep Shabbos. We see from these two things, they can't. What they're really not supposed to do is they shouldn't make up their own halachot or their own religion. Start doing their own mitzvot as they please. Why not? Because there so are guidelines for how you can keep our religion. Oh, yeah, We're not barring non-Jews from having their part in Torah because we believe in conversion. If they really want this so badly, let them convert. Oh yeah, they don't want to convert, so okay. We we're not a problematizing religion. We don't believe that you have to convert to be valued within our system. If you don't want to convert, then we have seven mitzvot that are for you, and you can do that. But again, this is already nothing that the Gemara didn't, Make this general clause. The had a couple of individual prohibitions, but the Rambam is c- concluding that the underlying principle of these two prohibitions is not... I, might, I could have very easily said Shabbos is unique, Ritual is unique, those are things that are particularly precious to us, but the Nanju, <coughs> I don't know, decides that he, he's a Shatnez guy. The one that he really loves is Shatnez. Okay, let him observe the prohibition, that even, maybe even mix what I say, you know. In certain words, what I say, it may seem very special, you know, in, you know a special crown, but if he wants to do some, he wants to do a shiloh hakein and send away a mother bird before he takes the eggs, what's the big deal? What is the Rambam going to be saying over here? No, you see from these other two prohibitions that if he wants to do a shiloh like the way a Jew does a shiloh hakein, let him convert. If he doesn't want to convert, then shiloh hakein is not for him. The same and let's get to the end of the Rambam before I take any questions. If he does any of the above things, Shavit Torah or any other mitzvah, again the Ramam's edition, we punish him. We tell him, you know, the Gemara said you're chayab misa for that. About Enonaharag, we don't actually kill him. We have to see the Rambam's chuvah afterwards. How did he know that we don't... If the Gemara just said chayab misa. Who told the Rambam that the Gemara said chayab misa, it didn't really mean that literally? But that's what he concludes. So he, there's no actual capital punishment involved. We tell the guy, you did a terrible thing to do that. He really shouldn't have, you know, sent away that mother bird. He didn't talk about doing. He only talked about learning. And he only talked about learning. In you know, some ways, that's most clearly doing. Yeah. Which one? Which? In some ways, that's more. He says, not just oh, Making a more to clearly doing. But, but, so but so it's that's not that is also doing." assault mitzvah means to invent the mitzvah, not to do a mitzvah. One a day, that's because of the next one. Oh, no, I'm saying because of the next one. She wrote the last one. Oh, good. So I think it's a different... Very good. Let's read to the end. However, if an Andrew wants to do one of the other mitzvah, so... No, so did it correct. I was just saying, he wants to do Shiloh HaKin, that's unacceptable, but now the Ramam says it differently in the next line. If Ben-Mach wants to do one of the other mitzvot, how do you, well it's not see here, other mitzvot as opposed to what? As opposed to seven mitzvot we say, or, inventing, inventing he says two things other. He said that you can't keep Shabbat, and can't learn Torah, but then he said, why not? Because they should either do Tariag mitzvot like a Ger, so they can, they can convert, or only do their seven minutes. you so now when you say Sharm does he mean as opposed to their seven, or as opposed to their seven plus Shabbos and Talmud Torah? Right? It's not so clear. But it let me get to say, yes. the end. Hold on. Hold on a second. have uh, the kabel if you want to do it, to get schar, so we don't prevent them from doing it as being mandated by Halakha, you mean if you Allah and The two examples he gives are offering in Corban are giving saqqa, I'm gonna skip the rest I'm not gonna read the rest inside here. We he tells you, you know, what exactly do you do with that Sadaka money that he gives, who do you give it to? But the way a lot of Afro understand this and the way I think is the right way to read it, although admittedly there could be other possible readings, is he's talking about the same I think he's talking about the same here he said a second ago they can do, the question is how they're going about doing it. And if they said I have my new religion. I think I'm saying it's In my religion, I believe in seven mitzvot plus shiloh hakain and shatnez, and, you know, Trillin. I'm saying even just mitzvot in the Torahic mitzvot. He said, I love the Tariq mitzvot. There are seven that I have to do, and ten more that really speak to me. I find them very meaningful. You know, we have a mitzvot that's with at our ones you can imagine a non would find meaningful even though he's not higher in them. So you know, he he's really going to do that one. He's not going to speak Lashar Hara. But his attitude, he said, this is going to be my new In my new religion, you know, Joel's cup of Judaism, we have 20 mitzvot, and he says the 20 mitzvot. So that's what the i was so upset about. As opposed to what the guy said, I'm a Noahide. I believe God gave the entire Torah and obligates me in seven mitzvot. But since I believe God gave this whole Torah, he obviously thinks there's some, some value in... The other, you know, 606 mitzvot besides the seven that I'm chayav in, it's really less than that. Because the seven, seven are enough. Really, it's more than seven in the Torah, because to arrive out the category, but that includes homosexuality, bestiality, adultery, incest. But however, the 600 other mitzvot that don't speak to me. I assume God must have a reason He commanded Jews to keep them, and so I know they're not for me. I know I'm not obligated in them. But just like a Jewish woman can, you know, shake a little over sit in the sukkah, even though she doesn't have to. So I also, I know I don't have to, I want to get some star for it. So the arm seems to be saying, in that case, he's not tampering with our religion in any way, he's not making a, a mockery out of the system where we have 613 and 7 or two categories. He's just saying, he thinks that it could be even of the non-Jew that the the ha-kamofa, are not speaking Moshe that could be meaningful for him also. That's how I think it makes us understand this. And Moshe Feinstein understood it this way, but he was so troubled by that, he said what? They don't think it's an all-mitzvah, so do so, not how I understand. Not a nice thing to do. So a non isn't prohibited to do it, but I could see why a decent non-Jew would want to refrain from that. But, he's gonna take Truma, he's gonna shake Lula, because God took someone else's forefathers out of Egypt, and, you know, he's gonna sit in the sucker for that. What is He's gonna eat matzah to remember that someone else's forefathers... It doesn't make sense. So Moshe tried to say something very sharp here. The Ram says that an doing this to do the stale Kabbal's far. That's all what the non Think He thinks he's going to get sqar. Well, does he know that God doesn't care what he's doing because, come on, what does it mean for him to eat matzah? Even if it's to get sqar, but it's more so if he you knows he's not getting sqar. Right, but it's strange. And then comes that he's allowed to do it in that case, but he's fooling himself. He thinks he's going to get I mean, sqar. I find it very difficult reading, so afterwards, there's other people who criticized that she true remorse. They said, come on, like, he's try- it sounds like he's giving you a category here, as opposed to the unacceptable category, this is a category that you use favorably. The category you use favorably is people who think they're going to get scarred. Well, do they know that God's not really going to give it to them? Seems, kind of, seems very bizarre. It just seems that a why of So I, I think what's, and he, I think remorse still abuses mutter in that case. He's just saying you're wasting your time. His logic, I understand his logic when he's talking about sort of these ritual that relate to God's unique relationship with the Jewish people, but it still seems a little bit bizarre that you wouldn't get tar. So, Like, Why does the Rambam write that? Just to like, fool the guy and make the guy think he's going to get tar when he's not really going to? I think it seems to be that I'm, under, that I'm saying that you know you can get tar. I would agree if I were a non-Jew, I'd be a lot more inclined to accept Lashon Harad than to accept you know, shaking a lulav it sounds like if the an Nandu really said, I'm convinced that these mitzvot must have inherent value. If God commanded them, that He would be allowed to, and you know, if His attitude were right, He would even view Him favorably for it. Yes. Question. We're not differentiating. Okay. this right? Yeah. Go ahead. the okay, Allah and the set, Okay. You want to say he's talking about doing That's what I say here. It, it would make a lot of sense. What does it mean? Okay, I... That. That's a good question. If the guy just didn't get around, to eat, he never had a chance to eat on Hashem in his life. So clearly, the is not saying anything wrong with that guy. Let's say the guy, you know, someone served him a fine sirloin steak. Not every menachai He said, "I'm not going to eat it because I heard that the Jews patriarch Jacob, you know, had this get on incident." I don't know. I hear, you know, objections to stay. And let's say. Let me just mitzvah say think Certainly, mitzvah say is talking about. Right? That would be. Yeah, you the same kind of deal. Um, a lot of uh, those cases, uh, homers in one place migrate one place to another, you the to in the machine Okay, fair. But so certainly an assay here seems to be saying he doesn't want the non-jew to volunteer for an assay, if he's doing it as, you know, a new one of his mitzvahs and his new religion, whereas the same assay, if you were doing it saying, I don't believe I'm hired in this, I just believe that this is an image that's out there. It seems like a nice thing to do. I'm not claiming any way to hijack the views religion. I'm not claiming to distort their religion. I just think it would be meaningful for me to do, meaningful for me to do this thing, or it would be a, a constructive act, action to do. And, you, do you know... Go off in the same way? I think it could be. I understand what you're saying. That one certainly could distinguish. Okay. How uh, about? Yeah, I want to point out that English was is on a lot frequently. Mm-hmm are um, laughing and that are destructive to those you know the purpose of science I understand if you're differentiating or, or not you uh, keep I'm saying I don't, I don't know that we have to you know it's not clear to me whether is there is or isn't so if, you, if you want from convenient thinking limited to using a phase of examples now yes I uh, don't make the argument that communities are related to Jews that uh, why do think, um, that people so he's an evil person he reward so oh, that's the question, how the Svar is going to get paid out we believe in Svarvonash we do believe that ultimately good people are rewarded whether that means you know alam Hazar, alam haba is not my concern at this point, so my, point my, my point is that I can, uh, think that, that there's no reward for a Nigerian who's doing I agree. I think the moral was very difficult here. I think it's clear that a simple reading of the Rambam is, he said, you know, he's doing it, the Kabbalah Scar, because he's going to get Scar. You know, we have a principle in general, when you do something voluntarily, you get less Scar than someone was commanded, because this wasn't something that God said is important for you to do. But that being said, whatever Scar we give to an animus of so they'll get that level of Scar. But I think to say that he's, he's fooling himself, he's going to get no Scar, would be very strange. Yet yeah, Mar Harris. Well. I would think that there should be a distinct um, position between Benadema Kaviro and Benadema Kaviro and, and that maybe the original intent was in those mitzvot, Benadema Kaviro, because in the several uh, mitzvot they Benadema Kaviro, most of Benadema Kaviro would be included. They are really established in court all of just society and everything like that, and in general, I mean, that people could come to that and they say a lot of that even without having you know, without asking Sure. Okay, it certainly could be. It's a little surprising to me that Arm didn't make such a distinction, or I've heard such things. You know, last Chavez, Rosenzweig was in Bethlehem for Chavez and gave a cheer that touched on this issue tangentially. If so I had a to, talk to him about it afterwards, and he said you know, these things logically there must be some distinction along those lines. It doesn't have to always be or there may be certain that we see as very basic, maybe maybe tied into things like avatazara. I mean, some people think that non-Jews are prohibited from doing black magic. but well, let's say if one would say they're allowed to, but it's clear the prohibition against black magic is somehow connected to avatazara. That's why some people think they can't do it. So, non-Jews say, I won't get involved in any of that stuff that in any way, you know, smacks of avatazara. You know that might make sense, even though it's been out a the But it, logically, I think such a distinction certainly makes sense. It is a little surprising that Rambam doesn't make it, unless he assumed it was so obvious that he would figure it out. Uh, yeah. Um, used the phrase lo hmm. I mean, It, it you know, reminds one of Balthus. Now, baltosis is something that you take a myth and you distort it in some way. It's not so much happening yes. to practice. For example, you take, you know, five minutes in a little You take the myth and distort it. Or you say, for example, somebody said that Thanksgiving is written in the power somewhere. Yes. Um, that would very clearly be, uh, be baltosis. Sure. So is it possible that what, is, what the Rambam is thinking along... We use language like that, you're thinking more about taking mitzvahs that we have and distorting it in, in some way, based upon some kind of religious philosophical perspective. I, I believe so. I, that is the direction I want to go. Certain acronym take that in a very narrow halachic sense. They try to say, you know, what did the Rambam think about tzitzis? Wasn't hims looking at It's not on the list? So I don't think he meant it in the literal sense that they're going to get, you know, lashes for the prohibition of both just like a Jew who wears, you know, fire pressure of tzitzis. But the spirit of it, I think, you're right. You know, his issue here is the issue of distortion. Distortion could, could be that you take a mitzvah and do it in a distorted way, which certainly is a concern if you have an outsider taking it. But could also, one could even argue that distortion is doing certain mitzvahs outside their context. You know, we have a series of mitzvahs that comprise the holiday of Puket the holiday of Pesach. We have even a lot of other rituals that we do in a vacuum, such with one of these rituals, it seems very perplexing, and yet we see it as part of a big system, and so maybe in that sense also, if someone says, I'm going to have my new religion, the off that's a system, you know, is described in detail in the Gemara, Tariq Mitzvot is a system, a guy wants to make a system that involves certain elements of Tariq mitzvah without the whole big picture, that itself, even you know, if he did those three Mitzvot as they're meant to be done, could create a new thing, that's not a healthy system, And but too they'll only put maybe he 'll only include certain types of mitzvah and that 'll give too much because these a violent guys so only include you know the chaos then he wants to volunteer to do and you know killing the Zion a and you know giving mako to sinners you know all the most violent ones that'll create a distorted picture of what the Torah is really about, and so I think even Without, you know, wearing five parts of silen, even someone who wore a an non-Jew wore four parts of Shabbos and said, my religion is to tell them to, sell- to bring off plus four parts of Shabbos could be creating a distorted picture. Could it be that somehow, if your if non-Jews show them Shabbos on either Sunday or Friday, mm-hmm. uh, could, could that be a type of distortion of Shabbos? For sure. And I've already said, any day when you do your Shabbos, Saturday or... Any other day, the great You know, That, that he, didn't need, he didn't need the Rambam for. I mean, that was the Gemara already said. Mm-hmm. But you, I mean, that could be something that gave him this idea. Certainly possible. To uh, get further, we have to see a Shuva of the Rambam as well. And this Shuva, at the first time I read it, I thought it completely undermined what the Rambam just said in Mishneh Torah. When I read it again, thought about it more, I think they actually go together nicely. The question was very simple. Someone asked Rambam, is it really, is this halakha of not teaching Torah to non-Jews really halakha? So, this is source number four. Is it really a halakha that Rabbi Yochanan said that a guy who studies Torah is halakha? And then the corollary of that would be that Jews should not be teaching him. That we can't teach him anything other than his Sheva Mitzvot so this guy wants to know, I saw this Gemara, is it really true? It doesn't really apply. It is really Halacha, absolutely. And if we had things our way, if we were in charge, we wouldn't let Sanandu study Torah until he converts. Does he literally mean until they convert? What if the guy says, I want to convert, but I want to know what I'm doing first? So, all the way at the end, we're not going to, probably not get around to doing it inside near the end of the Shia I gave you a short tour from Ravadi Yosef where he argues very strongly that obviously if someone's already decided to convert you teach them before they convert so they know have some sense of what they're doing you know don't read the hyperliterally. But literally but when he's made up his mind to convert then you teach him but otherwise you don't so yes there and this, we already started in Murshantar but he didn't explain why over there he said the way I understand it he didn't say kill him, he just said he deserves to die because he didn't mean he should actually kill him. And that's why Rambam Paskin's in Mishra Torah that this is not an actual capital offense. He said, whereas the shev mitzvot ben said let's say it's not murder for ben-nof, The other Gemara said is an If a Gentile commits murder, he can actually be put to death for that. Neharag, as opposed to feyit mitah. Lo yeharegi masak we don't tell him studying Torah because it said, Tavimita didn't say actually kill. Now, next line. you should know you're allowed to teach Torah to Christians. But that was not like the Gemara at all. That was not even in the Torah. Where do you get that from? You can teach Torah to Christians, but don't teach this stuff to Muslims, only to Christians. It's very surprising, and just beware in the background, the Rambam considers Christianity to be about a vayizara. But Islam is monotheistic, and so if anything, if you told me one religion is better than the other, I would say, thought, he would prefer Islam. So for Christianity, you can teach. Why? The future must you do it. you know those Muslims. What do they think? The Torah is They don't believe that God gave us the Torah. If you show them something in one of our scriptures, mitnageda the master. And they contradict that nonsense they made up, meaning the Quran. So if they see a contradiction you know, between the Torah and the Quran, what will they say? They won't accept the proof from Ark that their Quran is wrong. They will interpret it in accordance with their misguided preconceived notions, meaning the belief in the Quran. And tell people, Oh, you know, really, your Torah is wrong. So doesn't the Quran Koran, that, that biblical story happened differently. It wasn't Yitzhak right? it was Yishmael. They're going to mislead people. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever Jews you know, don't know that much. And that's going to be really bad for Jews who are stuck in these Muslim countries with these people who are going to be telling them, Your Torah is wrong and our Quran is right. Uh, well, read them, but uh, those other guys, meaning the Christians, they think that the, Torah, the Old Testament is true. Happens to be they misinterpret verses. They take you know, when the Navi says the son will be born to us, and obviously the, the son is named Tzvi Yehu. This actually happened to me. That's Tzvi. I was on a plane to Israel and Continental, which has a much larger number of non-Jews on it than Elal. I had the distinct pleasure of sitting next to the Stubblefield family of Sacramento, California, who are extremely from Evangelicals. The plane takes off. I take out my commerce to study Parsha. They take out their Bibles to do their Bible readings. The whole flight, they see these Jews that they've never seen really from Jews before. And each thing is, it, why do they have those side locks behind their ears? Leviticus 19. The guy says, oh, that's right, Leviticus 19. I have that verse highlighted. It opens up his Old Testament, shows me highlighted the plus book about, you know, Bob Balakus, and hopefully know, you're pretty impressed that I knew all this stuff. You know, when the kosher meal came, I had to explain where kosher is in the Bible, all this stuff. You think by now that they, they figured out the odds of them converting me were not going to be particularly high. But with them, it's like you know, you have to just at least take a shot at it. So about an hour and a half before landing, this guy turned to me and he liked me. Here's heard my achievement in the green line. I was over the green line. I was in at the time. He was telling me how much he loves the Southern movement and the God of withdrawal was only because Satan possessed the souls of world leaders, which is what happens for the end of days. So really a nice time. And he by the way, just tell me, has anyone in the community ever accepted Jesus? If so, what was the reaction? So I said very clearly that no, you know, in our community we believe that God's covenant is immutable, unchangeable, and so we, we haven't accepted Jesus, as a matter of fact. So right away, said, Oh, but, but Isaiah 9, what do what you do with Isaiah 9? It says the son was born unto us. I think he assumed that, you know, the Yeshiva student, I wouldn't really be familiar with, you know, so but I said, you know, do you know who the king was that Isaiah was speaking to? The guy's like, no, who was he? I said he was King Ahaz. You know who Ahaz's son was. So I said, yeah, his son was Hezekiah. I said, yeah. He said, well, I said, it came from talking about Hezekiah. It said something about, you know, God is strong. Like, God's from a it's Kel-Gibor. The son is called Kel-Gibor. So it's called God is strong. And Hezekiah, the word Hezekiah has nothing to do with God is strong. I said, really? Hezekiah has nothing to do with God is strong? And at that point, we kind of agreed there wasn't going to be so much point in any further discussion. since so we didn't get it. Hezekiah's name means Kazak it means exactly the same thing as Kilgibor. So he it all in German. No, he didn't. He, <laughs> but he was trying to then turn my attention to Isaiah 53, but fortunately his wife decided to agree to disagree. So, <laughs> 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 but, so I'm saying in that case, there, there could be some point to In truth, I don't think there was so much point to that discussion. It wasn't like this guy was about to change anything. He, he saw that I knew Hebrew and he didn't, and that was relevant for studying Hebrew text. But the i saying, in theory, you say you can have a discussion. He thinks it's the Holy Scripture, you think it's the Holy Scripture, the only problem is he has this, he's, he's been you know, programmed with these ridiculous Christological interpretations. But a Muslim, so well, tell that the Chumash said a certain thing, i will just say it's wrong, Muhammad corrected it in the Quran. Now initially, I thought this was very bizarre, because what the I say in the Mishnah Torah? We don't like non-Jews studying Torah, we were scared they're gonna to use Torah to make up their own religion. Well, isn't that what Christianity is? Didn't they take the Torah and make up their own religion from it? And the question what do you do with this? So I looked at, as I said, that like haven't been battered in service, so I speak with him. He said, you know, his instinct was to try and pull the Rambam more towards the general traditional orientation that you would get from the Gemara here. The Gemara basically is trying to convey this idea that the Torah is our heritage, and for that reason, it's for us alone to study. And he felt what Erlman was saying in the Torah could basically be reconciled with that. If you assume that when Erlman says, you know, Andrew can volunteer for Sha'ar vote, it means Sha'ar vote excluding and Talmud Torah, meaning that Anandru, even with the right motivations, according to him, would not be allowed to voluntarily study, you know, Hechel Shabbos because he thinks it's interesting. He could only study Torah, if he wants to study Shebim, nah. and after this Shul, he says, look, you know, the true had a historical context. The fact is, Rambam lives within the context of these Jewish-Christian debates and Jewish-Muslim debates that were taken very seriously at that time. The Jews often lost because they were censored. And... There's, you know, the story of people who actually, want, you know, change their religion and convert to other religion because other religions debated better. And within that context, the Rambam is saying, there's no point in engaging in a debate with Muslims because you you can't ever make a compelling case in the debate. Whatever you say, it's just going to say, well, your texts are faulty anyway, and so you, your whole argument is no credibility. Whereas a Christian, there could be some point in engaging in that debate because you can make a case that you have a better reading of the Tanakh than him, and you both agree as part of the ground of the debate, so the Tanakh is a Holy Text. But, you know, Bible was essentially arguing, marginalize this it's not so that unusual case of polemical debate, during you know, this day-to-day life, should you be studying Torah with a Christian? No. This phrase in the, Jew, yeah. you the in it, it sounds much more evangelical, I'm not sure if it means our religion. I have to check again. The script was written in Arabic, so, you know, we're dealing with a translation here. You know, I I tried a little bit last week to, to like go through the Arabic a little bit. My Arabic's not that great myself at this point. I'm still taking intermediate Arabic as we speak. So I finished beginners. Nothing, you know, nothing struck out with me too much. You know, it, it seemed like a fairly good, reasonable translation to me, but you know. I, I'm, my own argument has a level where I could check you know, such fine plans to make it but mean? No. I think it means uh, yeah. if you see a guy who interested did you did you not let him draw him close at all? No, I mean I, I don't think it means to draw them close in the sense of convincing them that they should convert I think it means convincing them that our religion is right that's what I think I think it means that we, you want to convince them that we're right and they're wrong When this to me I think is what really you know, the direction I want to take now in trying to wrap up the Rambam's view and go to the Mi'iri, who I think took it in this way, we deal with a question of a non-Jew who's not interested in converting and whom we're not recruiting to convert. So, here's the question. Let's say he's a decent guy, and he, right now, the most, you know, decent non-Jews that we know will probably keep his right? they're all decent people, they don't steal, they don't um, kill people, Yes, if we accept, and here maybe you have to, you know, part company with the Rambam, we'll accept that Christianity is not of as at least it's not for non-Jews, so is all we'd want out of a non-Jew in life. He should simply spend his time avoiding those prohibitions, which is not so difficult. And other than that, whatever he thinks about the world, however he collects his life, really... Irrelevant to us. Just make sure you don't violate the seven commandments, and you're a good guy, you fulfill what God asked of you as a non-Jew, and have a nice life. Or, would we say there's some inherent value, maybe not that they're obligated to do so, but there would be inherent value in such a person spending his life trying to understand God, think about having a relationship with God rather than simply saying, okay, look, I don't worship idols, I don't kill people, I don't steal, I'm a good guy, I'm going to spend the rest of my life, you know, watching TV 24 hours a day. And I think the Rambam preferred the former. That's what I'm going to try and develop in the remaining time. I don't think it's so obvious you know, that that has, I don't know how many sources we can, we'd be able to find in Chazal that would say that's necessarily the direction we should try to Push a and I think for that reason, you know, the Rambam, if you would ask him if some guy currently believes in Christianity and you could convince him, you know, he will stay non-Jewish, but you just know that really, you know, the Yeshua isn't talking about Jesus, Yeshua's actual message is something else, I think you might see value in that. And here I want to look at a couple of other sources that are sort of relevant to this. One is the famous view in source number five on the next page that about sort of what the ultimate purpose of man is in the world. And five and six have to go together, they're both in El Chod Let's start with number five. So in Olam Haba we're not going to have any bodies, just our souls. None of the physical patterns of this world exist in Olam HaBa. We have these you know, tzaddikim basking in the glory of God's tzaddikim. What are these atarot? You these know, crowns of the tzaddikim? That it's the knowledge they achieved which allowed them to merit the l'mhaba. Now skip ahead to the end of this. We're short on time. Kol We're not even talking about like your soul that's in your body right now. nefesh dayash What we're really talking about here is the general idea of a the, the sort of basic soul that, that consists of. The knowledge that you got from God, Basically, you have some soul left after you die, which something consists of what you accomplished in this world, your good deeds, and the big knowledge component here, what you came to understand about God, is a very sort of philosophical piece that, you know, we're more used to seeing in more but such pieces do occasionally make their way into Mishnah Torah. The Ram has this very sort of rational, philosophical approach, where based on how close you came to God in your life, it will determine what your olam haba is. Now, note how this whole text was very religion neutral. He didn't say what Jews do, what Jews want to get. You know, this sounds like something that in theory could apply to anyone. And in fact, earlier in HaTosha, starts number 6, I printed it second, but it appears earlier, he had, was talking about who gets the olam haba. So in general, Jews get olam haba. That's the default. So he said, unless they do certain things, that you listed in the part I didn't photocopy here, there are certain things you can do, which already the mission talks about, it says, there are ways that you can forfeit your alam if you're wicked enough. But assuming you're not, so you'll get it. Let's say you're a bad person who did more sin, more bad than
1: good.
0: So you'll be judged in accordance with your sins, so you'll get some punishment, but nevertheless, you still have all of if you had some bad deeds, assuming, again, you didn't do one of the things you listed earlier that's so bad that they make you lose all of them. Okay, here's me quoting, uh, Mishnah and Sanhedrin, that all Jews have a portion of all haba, because we all inherit the Ereds, Ereds, that Eret is really the, the world of the living, meaning the world to come. And righteous Gentiles also have a chaleq in Olam which is not as obvious. The Mishnah didn't say that. The Rambam said that. And I think, again, he said that, because according to what he... He's describing how you earn Olam Haba. There's no reason an Andrew couldn't have a portion in that. Now, who are you So... Here we have to turn to when he's describing how an Andrew can become a girl to he says, Here the the Gemara, give us the Torah, because this is the heritage that he gave to us. The And so too, if someone converts, then they're a part of this heritage too, you even though they weren't born Jewish. Laura well, says, let's say someone doesn't want to convert, In our religion, we don't coerce people to accept Torah Mitzvot if they don't want to. But we are commanded to impose on the whole world they should accept these basic principles called the Seven Mitzvot Brayna. The Seven Noahide Principles. Skip a little bit. I'm not going to concern myself now with exactly what's called the Ger Toshav as opposed to other righteous non-Jews. But two lines lower towards the end of the line. If you accept the servants of Renach and are careful about them, you're a racist Gentile. And Like you said earlier, you get all of that. But you want to know what a real righteous Gentile is? You have to be doing these mitzvot because you believe that God commanded them to Moshe. It's a huge restriction. And I think, where does this idea come from? This, you know, the first time I saw it, it reminded me of what I saw in this idea that the Romans is very concerned with a non-Jew. Wait, what does he believe? Does he believe that God gave Moshe the Torah? Or does he not believe that? And so he says over here, the truly righteous Gentile is only one who believes does B'nei Nenach because Moshe commanded them? Let's say he does them anyway because he's just a decent guy. Now, very important there's a difference. So, from the little research I did, it seems the more reliable text to say Allah, which I think makes more sense here. If you read this below, he'd be saying a decent non-Jew who keeps B'nei enough, but he's not a believer in God's giving the Torah to Moshe, that's so bad, not only is he not he's not even mechak mayhem. That's strange. Well, it seems, to be, what it seems he said, is Allah here, which is, where Kaba says, that's what the Yemenite manuscripts had, and they're usually known to be very reliable, that, he's saying, if an Andrew simply is a decent guy, he's not one of the righteous Gentiles, he's not chastity mechak but he is chak mechak simply a wise person who realized what, are, what is a decent way to behave. So, I think when you put together these sources that we've seen until now, that I think we can get somewhat of a better understanding of the original rabban that was difficult when we began. The Rambam clearly sees value in non jews believing in the Torah. He thinks that, you know, that's a ticket to Olam Haba. And with that in mind, although really it immediately means going one step further, we can go back, to th- that may be at the core of what he was saying in his Shubha about how... Ha- there is value, there could be value in teaching a, not, a, a Christian Torah, because at least he, he's already headed in the right direction, and he already accepts that this is Moshe's Torah. And look back, you know, towards the end of that shuvah, he had said, yeah, I'm sure if has rule in we'll have.' Maybe this Christian will get straightened out, you know, he'll totally accept our beliefs. So even if he doesn't repent, you know, see things are our way as we hope." It won't be so bad because they won't see it still see this Old Testament it basically says what we say it says. It may just be the pragmatic concern. It won't be bad in the sense that in polemics it won't undermine our Torah. But I think there may be more to it. Even if the guy stays a non-Jew, he doesn't convert, Studying for him to study Torah, if he's someone who believes that he's studying the Word of God when he's studying Torah, it's not such a bad thing with the Rambam thought I think here is where the Rambam's philosophical thought may even be a very positive thing that sort of ran into conflict with the simply names of the Gemara that seems to say that it's a terrible thing you have to say and that's it um, here you know, minutes of time I'm not going to read it inside but I gave a couple more passages from one in the book here eight and nine what I wanted from them is again to show this is the Rambam in greater detail than Halal Tshuva, again, talking about man's purpose in the world and the Torah's purpose. He talks later how the the Torah helps us build a just society, and with that just society, that enables individuals to fulfill their spiritual potential. And once again, what's very striking about it is how it's religion neutral. It doesn't talk about how this helps the Jewish people build a Torah society. It doesn't talk about how Jews who live their lives this way can come closer to God. I think, again, this is keeping in what I'd said earlier, that the Raman basically thinks these values could be meaningful for anyone, and so the philosopher in him would almost want a non to go study Torah. If, he, if he's going to argue more in the book, I and mean, I apologize for not reading it inside, we simply don't have time for it, he's going to argue that, that even the details of the Torah help create such a society, so in theory, even a mitzvah which maybe isn't so... You know, lulah per se isn't especially meaningful for a non-Jew because you uh, very at which is clearly a very statement for him. It's not less than the being judged on water aspect, which could be relevant for him. And sitting in a Sukkah, he was a a of particularly great meaning for him. But the truth is that of the, the general values of normal things come from a system of Torah, the rigor, the discipline, the fact that you get used to obeying God's command, there is some inherent value in just about any mitzvah for an Andrew. Again, obviously some are gonna have more value for an Andrew, some are gonna have less. But what I'm arguing is that when you read this passage in Mor Nebuchadnezzar, you know, you would expect someone who only that was all the person we're about, is someone were only you know, the pure philosopher that the a radical school, academic school of Jewish philosophy thinks he is, and he just, you know, wrote more, wrote, wrote Mishnah Torah, you know, for the ignorant masses, or to look from, or something like that. So if you're only looking at Ramam here, you think he wants non jews to study Torah. I think that's the wrong way to view the Rambam, you have to view everything, you know, the big picture, and also read Mishnah Torah, but I think the Rambam was doing a balancing act here. So he knows the Gemara said you're not supposed to have an non to study Torah, you're not supposed to teach it to them he made a sense even within the Gemara that the simple meaning of Rabbi Meir was more in line with what he might have wanted the plaque to be. I don't know if that in any way factored it into his thought. But for these reasons, he tried to strike this balance. Where he said, okay, you know, how can I, if the prohibition of the Gemara was about non-Jews who have the wrong motivations, then I would agree. Because my whole point philosophically is that a non-Jew wants to learn Torah for the right reasons for the lot to gain from it. So he basically did this balancing act where you know, we don't want non-Jews to distort the Torah, we don't want them to say the Torah for the wrong reasons, whereas un jew says, I, I genuinely want to take a, you know, do certain mitzvot for, just because I think there must be good things If God commanded them, that type of an non-Jew, the Rambam is going to view favorably. And one last source of the Rambam that I think really highlights this, the same as Rambam at the end of the of is source number 10, is known best in the Haredi world because it's a uh, draft-dodging Rambam, where he says that Shevet Levi was so holy, they didn't have to serve in the army. He says, so too, anyone else is on that level, which apparently, you know, according to you the know, Jewish statistics, involves tens of thousands of yeshiva bacharim who are apparently on this level, and that's why they're all good from serving in the army. The Rambam says, I'm going to start about halfway through the source, below Shevet Levi Boulevard, Kol Ish Mikol so any person from any ba'elam. So does he mean a Jew here or even a non-Jew? Well, I, I think it's obvious he means a non-Jew. You know, if we, so and one, two earlier one of the Ramams, if you look back, he used the word and kind of it has to mean a non-Jew. sounds like anyone, Jew or non-Jew. Again, another religion-neutral passage. Who is interested in this? Who wants? You know, if you know me, d'atol, hevedel, I'm most definitely Hashem. Hashratol, l'vdo, the l'deaz Hashem. Everyone who wants to, you know, intimately know God up, up close and personal. The kim old he threw off all the general burdens of society. such a person can be sanctified very very much. Yeah, he is Hazad, The he must that God gave to them. Though, you know, such a person should merit, you know, that he'll have what he needs in this world as the clan and the because who give them to my master. And then, and that's not really part of the halacha. You just, this is the last halacha in that safer thread. So thank, thank God we're done. But, I know a lot of you may be thinking that, you know, in other ways at this point. So, so the Rambam seems to be saying here, any who wants, any person from any Baio alum can be sanctified like this. And again, there's no explicit contradiction here, but the spirit of this Rambam, compare this to uh, the spirit of, of Rabbi Meir's original statement versus the spirit of how the Rambam, how the Gomorrah wrapped it up. But this sounds a lot like what Meir originally said You not Torah, as Holy of the Coingadal. does not... But the overall feel is, it doesn't sound like this guy, Mikol ben is only studying, you know, the seven blottings on Hedrin that deal with the laws of the Noahide laws. He can spend his whole life being super holy like that. It's clear he's studying other stuff here. Is clear. What do you I don't know, okay, the question, what, I mean, I don't know, the question is, is he studying Torah, the narrow sense? He may be studying, you know, Metaphysics and you know philosophy, which raises the whole question of how the Rambam viewed view the relationship. Between the, yeah, he's playing medicine and going around curing sick people. No, generally it's a spiritual thing to me. Serving God, Hashem. I don't know, could be. Thank I can't prove it. The overall feel that I get from this Rambam is, in some way, maybe he's thinking about God without you know, reading Talmudic texts inside. I get the sense there is definitely a cognitive part here. But where did the Rambam get this from? The Gemara didn't say this, so Rev. Rabinovich from Olai the who wrote Yad Shuta, that tries to deal out with the Rambam's sources, and sort of getting a simple reading of the Rambam, he suggests the passage from the Safray that I give you over here, where it talks about the famous three crowns. And say Lomer, Toshah Ketarimim, Keter Torah, Keter Kuna, Keter Mechut, Keter So the crown of being Kohen, Aaron, who Zoha to it, and he took it. Malkut David took crown of Malchut, being of royalty. Keter Torah Torah is just lying out there. Why? So that people from the ba'ayolam, again, you mean Jews or non-Jews here. I think it means non-Jews. There's a problem with saying non-Jews here, but that's what the text seems to be saying. This is the sefer. So in case someone from the Ba'eh which I think is even an non-Jew would say, you know, if only I could have had Keter Qun or Keter Moshe, that would have been great. Well, say, if oh, God gave you a crown too, you, you can have the Keter Torah. Great, Keter Torah, the question of the word tohachah here belongs or not, is it there or is there as an open rebuke? Either, either it's there for them to take or it's an open rebuke, meaning since they haven't taken it, you know, it's out there and we're saying, well, you had your chance, why didn't you take it? If you, you know, go ahead and take that, then you've got all three crowns. Right? I'm going to skip the rest in the interest of time. So if it says, here you see this idea in a Medrash Hazal, you know, Rambam suddenly had access to Medrash HaLacha, that you know, the Ketur Torah is out there for all the Ba'i Olam to come and take, that may be the Kol Ba'i Olam the Rambam spoke about in the where he said, anyone from any of the Ba'i who wants can come close to God. Now, it doesn't have to be. Again, the Rambam doesn't use the exact same phrase as this to say. But, this raises the question, did the Rambam think that a non could even merit this Keter Torah? Did the Sifre think that? The problem is, you have other rejection that say clearly the opposite. In source number 12, they gave you this very short line from Mechotah Rashbi that the skin of we have in most tinted Mechotahs, in Mechotah of Rabbi Ishmael, where the second Mechotah that the Yishonim had was lost and has been republished through various manuscripts called Mechotah Rabbi Yishonim by Yochai, where it says. He has been to the very of What are the things that Moshe was supposed to tell the Jewish people? The three crowns that the Jewish people were given. So this matters. Three things. Ketzat Torah is only for the Jewish people. And I've heard i put it on the sheet. But the Rambam himself, in his Talmud Torah, it's per Gemara If anyone, you know, keeping the score, he says, Torah, the Ram himself says only Jews have the Ketir Torah. Now, you read that the side, and again I apologize it's not on the sheet, there's a bit of a girsa problem there. When he talks about actually going out and getting it, and going and taking the Khetir Torah, he says, Khetir Torah, Torah is out there for any Jew to come and take. Like it says, Call me if you say However, when he says any Jew can come and take it, anybody want to guess which word is missing in some editions? Jew. Jew. So, uh, even without the word Jew, the overall context, three crowns of the Jews, you know, the proof text is Moreshach, that Yaakov, the overall context, even without the word Jew there, still sounds, you know, the Ketit Torah is only for Jews. You know, you think it could be Jews have it, but if you take... it are exclusively not non-Jews, I don't know about that. What are you going to say? A, a guy spends 50 years learning the Backwards and forwards, and he's an expert in it. So in the next world, he's crowned with the crown of stars. Or in this world, the cholios, or again, it raises the possibility. It's great. Maybe even stuff possessed him. So it's really But he learns that, you know, acknowledging that it's Am say Torah, and he's simply volunteering to that. Kaddish al kadosh kadosh. Maybe he'll get a for that too. That and you know, goes back to the original question. You know, was the Raman allowing a Judy to study a much broader amount of things and? So again, did the Ramam think of a non Torah? Because of that Gear like Seshwa I mentioned, it's not so clear. In this article there, I wrote about this in Beit Yitzhak of Touch and three years ago. So, four years ago now, already Touch and had even the second year in change, so four years ago. So I did a point about about a page long about this point, because, it's very, because of the Geer problem, because of what the Ramam did with the Midrashim, what I argue there is that even if you assume the Raman said that the Ketah Torah is only for Jews, he still was aware of the fact that it's a said differently. And when he may have done, I've noticed the on other times, The I, I has to say, you're showing me this against the Bazli And he has to postulate the Bazli because those are the rules, but it, usually, you know, he doesn't always obey that. But the other one was earlier, really, there are times where basically, to them, the Halakha, that's more or less modeled after a certain source that's other than Talmud Bodli, but he will take out, he will delete a couple of, you know, object- objectionable words that contradict the Bazli. So let's say the halacha is that a coin and told someone is not allowed to dochen. That's what the Bible says. The Yushami seems to say a coin and killed someone says a coin and killed someone or committed adultery is a whole bunch of really bad sins. The so coin is any of those things can dochen because it's like it's his bracha, it's God's bracha. He's just like, you know, the antenna that's transmitting the signal. And so what do you care that he's a rotten guy? It's my bracha, God says. So the Rambam quotes in the halacha that you show me saying, what, a Kohen who's a really rotten guy who committed adultery or stole anything like that, he can still the because of God's bracha. When he takes out the word killed because in different halacha he has to say, well, a Kohen who killed because above he said that's not allowed. So he preserves the overall spirit of the and everything said except for the one objectionable phrase. So maybe that's what's happening over here. The Ram is preserving the spirit of this defray that anyone you call the ayah, olam, who wants can come close to God through the Torah. He may have to, be to the word Torah, because that was against certain other sources and he himself thought that, you know, that phrase Torah only applies to Jews. Or not, again, depending on the gear issue in part, if the word is threat, if in one he says whoever wants to come take it, did he say any Jew or any person? You know, that might affect that. Now, to conclude, I wanted to go to the Meiri, because, you know, that's just because he's on the pedal this year, but it's pretty to the Meiri, as the Meiri wrote his comments to this passage in Sanhedrin, he had the Rambam's comments in Hifsam Torah and maybe even the Truva in his head. He's sort of writing along with them. He follows the same sequence as the Rambam's comments. And I think in that way he can give us insight. Since it's clear he's following along with the Rambam as he goes, when he says things that weren't exactly what the Rambam said, I think in certain cases he's trying to clarify the Rambam's opinion. He's saying this is what I, Maybe he's saying I disagree and this is what I think, but I think more than he may be trying to elucidate what the Rambam had said. And so let's have a look. The Me'iri appears in source number 13. The Andrew suddenly becoming so, you know, pious, in quotes, He's making for himself Shabbat or Yom Tov. Again, because the Rambam influence, he has the Moet thrown in there too, which the Gemara didn't say. she deserves to be punished. How well, if we don't actually kill him? Again, you see he's got the Rambam in his head. The Rambam said... It doesn't mean you kill him. It's not enough that he's establishing himself on our stuff he is, you know, he's, stepping to our, he's stepping on our turf, which isn't good. That's what the Gemara said here, that we punish him. we say to him, again, see Rambam's influence, Either take the, all the mitzvot, convert, or stop tampering with our traditions. So again, see that that's the Rambam's phrase, right? You can convert, convert, you can do seven mitzvot, but nothing in the middle. Even if you pick a different holiday, you know, some random Thursday in November, that so again, maybe you have to observe it like we observe Shabbat. Like I said in the Gemara, even on Monday, it's not allowed. It's not allowed, It's not allowed to do it as a he's a faker then. People are gonna think, oh, this guy, well he's he's sort of Jewish, so he keeps the Jewish Sabbath even though he doesn't keep other Jewish stuff. People say, Oh, I guess there's this new, you know what's that thing called, that new brand of, you know, free spiritual Judaism. New Age, New Age of Flexodox, that's it. There's this book I once found, a guy that Jewish Flexodoxy. So there's this guy, he used to write for me kids books for the Targum Press, and then he had some interesting spiritual experiences, and he's now a rabbi in New Mexico and Missoula, Montana. He wrote a book about how to be a Flexodox Jew. And he wrote another book, you know, an autobiography about his path away from his old home in Borough Park called Travels with the Evil Inclination. So, <laughs> so flexed acts. He calls himself a flexidax So you're going to see this guy who does so many things and say, okay, I don't have to be orthodox. I can be flexed and that's unacceptable. About Gershom, uh, something out of there. Do a, do a Google search for flexed I guarantee you it'll be on the first page of his. About Shair Mitzvot in himenu, but we don't prevent him from doing other mitzvot. Sherey Amru. The kabbal korban on tefilah, he's about to give korban nitzakka again. Following the Rambam, who mentioned korban nitzakka as his examples, so hein haden really interesting. Let's say he wants to study Torah, without wanting to keep any of the mitzvot. He thinks it's an interesting thing to study. Why? He's the way I read this. He's intellectually curious. He thinks it's interesting. He heard that. You know, Bible studies or Jewish studies is an interesting field. punish him for that. He deserves to be punished. Why? The people are going to be misled by him because they're going to see this guy is an expert in, you know, Tanakh or Talmud or whatever. And he doesn't observe the stuff that he's studying. He's studying Talmud. He's not keeping the mitzvot. And that's going to lead people astray. That line is not the from the Torah. I wonder if here's the Shuvah's influence. and the Shuvah spoke about the Mishro, that you teach Torah to Muslims. It could be. I, I, I don't know. I, I wonder. I, I said it's Blach and Shema. It's certainly possible. You know, it's true. It depends where it was sent and how soon it was translated. And it's not impossible, I don't think, or found. I haven't looked into that in depth. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't swear in a stack of Bibles that he did, because it certainly could be that he didn't, you know. But, you know, Chuvot in those days, you know, it all depends how big a deal that Chuvot was the people living in Provence, that one of them, you know, some guy like Radak who lived there in New Arabic brother to translate it. You know, so sometimes yes, sometimes no. However, as long as he's only studying his Mitzvot, now listen to the poems, the Gemara did not say. Even though mo- that, when we take him can learn of benar, that really means he can learn most of the important things in the Torah. The Torah feels like a coin Then he's like a coin gadol, like Rabbi Meir said in the Gemara. Nothing's wrong with that because he's doing his own thing. They hit him in the Now this to me is very surprising. Who told him? He rob goofey Torah. Did he have to say that? Skip ahead for a second to the next verse from Rashi, number fourteen. When the Gemara said if an off to learn seven servants of Brain Ross, Rashi said, what does that mean? Oh skin of Al Korosan Servants Lord the other came. You have to know local mindset how to keep those rules. You know, you need like the equivalent of a Rabbi Eider book. You know, this the other Aaron Luthenstein, not Aaron from Gless, the other Aaron Luthenstein wrote a book. It's, you know, one English book that goes to the primers of these laws. So to read that book, read them the way read, them, read them, because it sounds like I can be a pretty big time Tamil Chacham. I mean, just the Lord of Seventh it's about seven pages of Gemarah. I know one guy who interested in becoming a Noahide, and he and his rabbi study minchah tchinoch of all the mishwavs that are mishwavs in Enoch. So that's pretty advanced, and that, you know, requires a lot, you know, it's not so common to have an Andrew at that level. But still, how many, that's a target. it's not seven, it's more than seven, because I said before, a certain of the shavings of the Menach count as more than one mishwavs in the Minyan in the Tariyad. Still, most of the minchah tchinoch are all of the mishwavs in the Taryad, right? The one the Savior of Enoch said, such and such a mitzvah would apply to name Nahab, even though it's not a on one of the... Yeah, I you know, there are a few that already the Gemara talks about, Kishof and Michal, there are certain things that don't seem to be on this list, that the Gemara somehow, you know, B'rish Mila for B'ni Keturah, whatever. You know, uh, you look at the same part in and Torah, we saw this part, the halacha, the halacha before, the tzajalachot twel- 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 before, is basically a list of those mitzvahs. But still, the overwhelming majority of mitzvahs would be excluded. So I think the me what he means here, this is what, when I was in college, I wanted to write I an English paper for Dr. Lee, who's not Jewish, but he said it could be it was a paper to test your writing skills. It could be on any topic you want. So I was in a church at the time, and he said to him, is there anything wrong with writing on a Torah topic? And he said, you know, bottom line, what are the parameters? Anything that would be included in the Chosher Mishpat or Evinah Ezra is fine. That's, you know, all civil law, all family law. Anything that would be in Orachayim or Day, all the ritual stuff, no. Very broad definition. lots of things in ed the there that relate to family laws don't apply to non-Jews. They don't have Kopen Kedusha, they don't do a get when they get divorced. And so later, when I was looking through this topic, I showed him in the community, and I said, oh, it's just like everybody said. He said, yeah, that's what it means, that I think what the community is saying here is, if you have these seven categories, even the details of them that are missed for Jews that don't apply to them, there's still value in them knowing that, and I think this comes back to what you were saying before, about the Ramon Meir, seeing value in an underusing using power to come close to God. So he wants to understand, you know, Jewish values of modesty and sin. So we could tell him in, you know, one page of simple English, do not speak with your friend's wife, do not speak with your sister, do not speak with a man, do not speak with your pet. Okay, That same is opening off Or we could say, you know, there's a value system here. If you want to learn everything, Maybe you want to see... So you, you don't have to dress empirically, but if you read what our laws of Sniad are, that'll give you some sense of the value that underlines these laws. If you even read the stricter version of Arayot that Jews have, you see what marriage means to a Jew, how we go about divorce. So that might teach you a lot about our value system that's relevant for you, because you have Arayot, even though those details don't directly apply to you. And, you know, same thing, there's a debate when we say a have to do Dinim, to what extent they have to use... But I would say, even according to those who argue that Dinim including the Rambam, that, you know, Dinim just means to have some sort of a court system that maintains law and order and maybe enforces the other six Mesopotamia. I think even he would argue if an Andrew wants wanted to do another of questions, but see, how does the Torah deal with transactions? You know, what does the Torah consider to be stealing for Jews, even in cases where the same thing might not be stealing for an Anjou? All those things are going to be open to him. I ended up writing this paper for that Lee about the concept of a Malach and Tanakh, and is you know, Okay, and Shakespeare said yeah, they have to have a government. They should know for perspectives on different forms of government. That's a good topic for a paper. You know, I think the Meiri, you know, that's the way he's looking at things. And again, where do you get that? The Gemara didn't say that. Angular saying it's probably a simpler interpretation of the Gemara. But I think he got it from this assumption that there's gotta be some way that an under who wants to come close to God has a way to do it. So Hukal Shabbos might not do that for him, but every other approach of certainly could. And I think with this, you know, we're pretty much ready to wrap. But we just want to read the last couple of lines in the Mi'iriyah. We have a, so one or two other points that, again, seem to be along the same line, but strike a, struck me as surprising at first. He just said he can learn even rov Torah. Now he says, and all the more so, kol in the third line, at the end of the third line from the bottom in the Miiri, verse number thirteen, kol shaken uchakiratan aldat lavo aratachlis shlimut toratino. Certainly if they don't just want to learn the laws, but they, they want to learn the complete, they want to sort of check out the Torah that maybe they'll want to convert. So they're ready to say, if one of the they're not going to read inside, someone asked him, is the Muslim to teach a convert before he converts? He's still not Jewish. And he quoted all these about it, and he said, you know, the shaman did not talk about it so much. But I found myself in the Mi'iri, the Mi'iri says it's not fair, you can teach the guy who's going to convert. Mm-hmm. However, when Ravavadya says it, you know, he says, like, you know, he uses this language, but, you know, if you're positive the guy's going to convert, then it's okay. I don't think the mirror, said if you're positive the is going to convert. The mirror, he said, this guy wants to study the Tahlit what he wants to see the full, full-blown force of the Torah, such that if he finds it to be as, complete, as advertised, maybe he'll want to convert. You know, I, and I think, again, this is, sounds to me a little bit like a with the Bible was saying the Christians before, let's say the guy doesn't end up converting, and never if he studied Hosea Shabbos, he was studying it for the right reasons, he was studying it as someone who saw this, is, this be, is, or at least maybe God's Torah, and maybe he'll want to convert, and so the no harm done, so he got to teach Torah perspectives on another thing. There's nothing wrong with that, given what his motivation was when he came to study it, and Kol Shekin, all the more so. Yim o he oshek matayim yikariy minzva to have. He oshek and, and fulfills yikariy minzva lishma. Again, this is taken from the Rambam. Remember the, the Rambam? After he told you that a boy can't learn Torah, he then told you that he can volunteer for other mitzvahs. Look, and Amir doesn't say volunteer to do, he says volunteer to be osake and do. I think in the Amir would say, a boy who says, I want to observe some positive mitzvah to say that I think may be spiritually meaningful for me, what the Ramam said he could do with Havelsar. You know, he wants to, I don't know, He wants to bench, he wants to thank God for his, you know, his food afterwards even though I don't know if the Eretz 쓰- part is going to mean so much to him, but okay, he wants to do that. So, I excuse me, he would say that he if he's doing it with that motivation, he can learn about those halakot too. That's the answer we did, right? Osei kumakayim, these mitzvahs. And, I don't know, what do you mean kosher Right? If I were putting these three ideas in here, what are the three ideas? Agoi can study most of the Torah, because most of the Torah relates to Shemesh Shem, Shem essa- Tren- ah. of A Agoi can study, if he's trying to check out the Torah so maybe he'll convert, maybe he'll give the Torah a job interview, and Ogoi can study Torah even not wanting to convert if he's doing it for the, you know, the study goes along with fulfilling what he studies on